In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. If you have uh, your Bibles with you, I want you to turn it to Leviticus chapter 10. Let me give you background before we start reading from uh, chapter 10, verse 1. Chapter 9 was concluded by the ordination of Aaron as a high priest. And Aaron had four sons, and the four sons were appointed as priests. And this was a very, very joyful day. Uh, as we read, actually, if you, you chapter 9 from verse 22, then Aaron, now after his appointment as Archpriest, Aaron lifted his hand toward the people, blessed them, and came down from offering the sin offering, the burnt offering and peace offering. And Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle of meeting and came out and blessed the people. And it was a very joyful day. And what happened? Then the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people. And fire came out from before the Lord. This fire is a fire of acceptance. God accepted the sacrifice and consumed the burnt offering and the fat on the altar. When all the people saw it, they shouted and fell on their face. When the fire came down from heaven, everybody realized that God accepted the offering, accepted the ordination of Aaron as high priest and his for sons as priests. But after this joy, unfortunately, a very, very sad event happened. That's what we're going to read in Leviticus chapter 10. Then Nadab and Abihu, who, he had four uh, sons. Two of them, Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron. Each took his censer and put fire in it, put incense on it, and offered profane fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. So fire went out from the Lord and devoured them. This fire is different than the fire in chapter 9. Chapter 9 is fire of acceptance, but this fire of the wrath of God. God was displeased with what Nadab and Abihu did. And two of Aaron's children died in that day. So fire went out from the Lord and devoured them. And they died before the Lord. Then actually, Aaron needed explanation. So God gave the explanation to Moses. And Moses said to Aaron, This is what the Lord spoke, saying, By those who come near me, I must be regarded as holy. So God considered what Nadab and Abihu did. They did not regard God as holy. And before all the people, I must be glorified. So they never, or they did not, 
regard God as holy and they did not glorify him before the people. So Aaron held his peace. Then Moses called Mishael and Elzaphan, the sons of Uzziel, the uncle of Aaron, and said to them, Come near, carry your brethren from before the sanctuary out of the camp. So their, their cousins carried them and buried them, not their father Aaron, not their brothers. So they went near and carried them by their tunics out of the camp, as Moses had said. Again, Aaron needed explanation why I cannot bury my sons. And Moses said to Aaron and to Eliezer and Ithamar, the other two, I told you he has four, Nadab, Abihu, Eliezer, and Ithamar, his sons, do not uncover your head. This was the custom to show mourning, grief, to uncover their heads and tear their clothes. So he told them, don't uncover your head, nor tear your clothes, lest you die, and wrath come upon, you, upon all the people. But let your brethren, the whole house of Israel, bewail the burning which the Lord has kindled. You shall not go out from the door of the tabernacle of meeting, lest you die. For the anointing oil of the Lord is upon you. So the reason you are anointed by the holy oil, you cannot leave the tabernacle. You cannot even leave it to bury your own sons. You cannot leave it. And Aaron and Ali'adar and Idamar, they did according to the word of Moses. So we have some questions here. First question, what is the profane fire? The Bible told us here they offered profane fire. What the profane fire? Second question, why God was so angry like this, so upset like this, to kill two Nadab and Abihu? And he said, because they did not regard me as holy, did not glorify me before the people. And why God was so strict, he said to Aaron and Ali Azar and Ithamar, even don't go out to bury your sons or your brothers. So we need an explanation to all of this. So what is a profane fire? There are three things could be the profane fire. The first thing, most probably, it was a joyful day. So Nadab and Abihu drank wine, and maybe they got drunk, and they start to offer incense while they were drunk. Why? If you read the same chapter from verse 8, then the Lord spoke to Aaron saying, now God is speaking to Aaron directly. First, he, he gives the message through Moses. So what did he tell him? Do not drink wine or intoxicating drink, you 
nor your sons with you when you go into the tabernacle of meeting lest you die. So after this story, the instruction came, don't drink wine. That's why some of the scholars of the scripture said, most probably, that is the reason they drank wine. So God said to Aaron, don't drink wine or intoxicating drink, nor you or your sons, when you go into the tabernacle of meeting, lest you die. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations. Verse 10 is very important. And actually, that's what I will speak about tonight. Verse 10. That you may distinguish between holy and unholy, and between unclean and clean, and that you may teach the children of Israel all the statutes which the Lord had spoken to them by the hand of Moses. So God told them, you need to distinguish between holy and unholy. And to distinguish between clean and unclean. In Arabic, holy and unholy is written al-muqaddas wal-muhallal. Al-muhallal يعني something is lawful. So maybe يعني to, 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 to give you the clear message, God wants us to distinguish between what is holy and what is lawful. For example, drinking tea, is it wrong? Is it sinful? It's not sinful. Okay. Can I drink tea in the chalice? Why? Because this chalice is holy, dedicated for God. So if I took the chalice and start drinking tea in it, then I am not distinguishing between what is holy and what is unholy or what is lawful. Yes, drinking tea is lawful, but I cannot drink tea in the chalice. Right? Can I put a table in the middle of the church and uh, play bing pong, for example? Why not? Playing bing pong is wrong? No, it's not wrong. It's lawful, but the church is dedicated. Did, 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 you, did you get the, the idea here? So you drink wine or get drunk and then offer incense? No. This is regarding me unholy. This is actually not glorifying me because if I am holy and if you regard me as holy, then you should treat me as holy. But by offering incense while you are drinking, you are not glorifying me. You, can, you, can, you are sending messages to the people. God is like anything else. When I go on Saturday night on nightclub and drinking and dancing, and then come Sunday morning and serving as a deacon, it's exactly what Nadab and Abihu is doing. If I came to the church with clothes that I can use it on the beach, in proper clothing, 
clothes that are not modest. I'm not regarding God holy. I am not glorifying God before the people. So God wants us to distinguish between holy and unholy. But I will speak in more detail, but just I want you to give this message. And this was repeated again in Ezekiel chapter 44. What I'm trying to say, this commandment is clear in the mind of God. We should distinguish between what's holy and what's love. If you turn your Bible to Ezekiel 44, starting from verse The same word to show. So it's our responsibility as clergy to teach the people the difference between the holy and the unholy and cause them to discern between the unclean and clean. So this concept is not only in Leviticus, but also was mentioned in Ezekiel 44, verse 23, right? So the first possibility about the profane fire is maybe they uh, were drinking and got drunk and they offered incense. The second reason, if you turn your Bible to Leviticus chapter 16, Now, verse 1. Now the Lord spoke to Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron. So, since the Bible says after the death of the two sons of Aaron, means this message related to the death of these two sons. Right? So, what did God say to him? When they offered profane fire before the Lord and died. And the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, your brother, nor to come adjust at any, any time into the holy place inside the veil before the mercy seat, which is 
on the ark lest he die for I will appear in the cloud before above the mercy seat. As you know, in the tabernacle of meeting, it was divided into the holy of the holies, holy of the holies, and this is called the holy place, and outside the basin and the uh, altar of the burnt offering. And this is called the veil, the veil. Nobody was allowed to enter behind, beyond the field except the high priest only. And only one time in the year. Only one time a year. And the ritual of this time is Leviticus chapter 13, chapter 16. And this is called the Day of Atonement. Atonement. Atonement day of atonement. So nobody was allowed to enter beyond the veil into the holy of the holies, except the high priest, and there was a certain ritual described in detail in Leviticus chapter 16, and this is called the day of atonement. So most probably, the two sons of Aaron, after they got drunk, so they took their censors, because here in the holy place, here is the altar of incense in front of the veil, and here on the left side, the lamp stand, and here the table of the showbread. That's what's in the tabernacle of meeting. So they stood here, and they took incense, and they entered beyond the veil while they were drunk and offered incense and hear the Ark of Covenant. And the cover of the Ark of Covenant called the Mercy Seat. That's where God used to appear on the uh, cover of the Ark of Covenant. That's why God said to Moses, tell Aaron, your brother, not to come at just any time into the holy place inside the veil, beyond the veil, before the mercy seat, the cover of the Ark of Covenant, which is on the Ark, lest he die. For I will appear in the cloud above the mercy seat. That's where God used to appear. So God said to him, this a holy place. Not only holy, that is the holy of the holies. That is the most holy place ever on earth. Like the altar right now. The altar is the most holy place ever on earth. Because we have on the table, on the altar, the body and the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. As God used to appear on the mercy seat, that is the altar right now in our church. The third reason you can read it also in Leviticus chapter 16. Uh, verse 12. Then he shall take censor, a censor full of burning coals of fire 
from the altar before the Lord with his hand full of sweet incense beaten fine and bring it inside the veil. So I told you this is the altar of the burnt offering. And that is the altar of incense. So in order to offer incense, I need charcoal. From where they could they they get the charcoal? Not for any place. They have to get the charcoal. Here in the burnt offering, there is wood. And on this wood, they put the sacrifices. Then with the fire, the wood turned into what? Into charcoal. Right? So, in order to offer incense here, they took charcoal from here, put it in the censer, and then put incense on it, and offer incense. So the third mistake, they did not take, they did not take charcoal from the altar of burnt offering. Maybe they brought charcoal from any area and put it in the censer. Why this is mistake? If this is the altar of burnt offering, so the offering represent is a symbol of whom? Christ. Then the wood underneath it symbolizes what? Hmm? Cross. Exactly. Anybody knows uh, the hymn Fayet of Enf? I'm sure you know it. Fayet of Enf means what? On Good Friday and also on Covenant Thursday. Means this is who offered himself a sacrifice on the cross that the father accepted and smelled him as a sweet aroma. So when I take charcoal from here and put it on the incense and offer offer incense before I put it in the censer and offer incense, so the only sacrifice that will be accepted by God the Father as a sweet aroma is the sacrifice of the cross. That's why the charcoal should be taken from the altar of burnt offering. So I take the charcoal from the altar of burnt offering, represent the cross, put it in the censer, put incense, I offer incense as Christ offered himself as a sacrifice on the cross. Then his good father smelt this offering and accepted the offering as a sweet aroma. So there are three things here that they did. They got drunk. They took charcoal not from here, not from the altar of burnt offering, and put it in the censer and put incense on it. And then they entered beyond the veil and they offered incense on the mercy seat, which they cannot do it. Because again, as Christ offered himself one time only, he did not need to offer himself several times. Then he entered through the veil into the heaven of heavens and he opened the door and the way into the heaven of heavens. That's why the high priest cannot enter beyond the veil except once a year, as Christ offered himself once for all. 
And if Aaron can enter, and his priest can enter, this means Christ can be our Savior, and anybody else can be our Savior. But only the high priest can enter, means only Christ, the true high priest, is the one who can save us. You understand? All this just introduction to, to come to what I, I want to speak to you about, how to distinguish between holy and unholy. But this context, we need to understand it in order uh, to, to see why God was so upset with, with Nadab and Abihu to the extent he devoured both of them on that day. Let us go back to Leviticus 10, verse uh, 2. Verse 1, sorry, verse 1. Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, each took his censer, put fire in it, put incense on it, and offered profane fire. That's a profane fire. I told you there's three explanations. But there's explanation here. Profane fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. He had not commanded them. Means, does God care about the details? How we worship him? Yes. Yes, definitely God cares about the details. How we worship him. Because many people say, no, we can worship God in this way. We can change the worship. Let's just change this. Let's change this ritual, this rite. No, you cannot change it. God actually, there is a meaning beyond every little thing. So it's not up to me to come and change. God was so disappointed with Nadab and Abihu because they offered fire not according to his commandment. That's why when it comes how to worship God, we need actually to see how God wants us to worship him, not how we want to worship him. Let me give an example. God wants us in worship to offer incense. In the Old Testament, there were offerings of incense. Even in the heaven, if you read the book of Revelation, you find the 24 priests offering incense. And the church for 16th century, in the worship, they used to offer incense. And it has so meaning. When some denomination come now and they cancel the incense completely from their worship, they are offering profane fire. Because this, again, is what God commanded. So I cannot just cancel the incense and say, no, we don't need to offer incense, although God wants us to offer incense. Do you get the concept? And I can give you so many examples. But the, the word which God did not command them is very important. We need to see how God wants us to worship him, how this tradition, holy tradition, was given by Christ to the apostles and to their successors. And then we should be very firm and very strict in keeping how we worship God. It's not up to us, 
God wants us to worship Him this way, then we will worship Him this way. And God again, if we worship Him in our own way, God consider this, we are not regarding Him as holy. And we are not glorifying Him before the people. So while we are saying holy, 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 but in our actions, we are not considering Him as holy. By the way, the word holy means separate. For example, when I say we will consecrate this chalice, this chalice, mean this chalice, I will separate it from the rest of the cups in the world to be dedicated for God. So I cannot use it except to worship God in the liturgy. The church, when you consecrate a church, we use this piece of land and we say, this building is separate from the rest of the world. Many things are lawful to be done outside this, but we cannot do it here. Although it's lawful, because it is separate from the rest of the world. That's the word holy means. When we say, I'm going to consecrate the church, it's dedicated to God. I cannot use it for something else. So let's go back to the verse to differentiate between holy and unholy or to distinguish between clean and unclean. Now, when we speak holy and unholy, we are speaking about three things. Place, time, people. Regarding places, there are certain places God wants them to be holy. And other places lawful. So when we come into these places, we need to conduct differently than the rest of the world. Like, for example, uh, the churches. This place is holy. Even the book of Psalms, behold, holiness becomes your house, O Lord. Monasteries are holy places. So, even when we sin in a holy place, this sin is actually considered a double sin. Why? The sin itself and the lack of respect to this holy place. In the Holy Week, there is a sermon by Saint Shinoda, the Archimedes right? Maybe you still remember it. I think we read it on Monday. Saint Shinoda is saying, there are people who sin in the holy places and who are silent about them. 
let me read it to you. Yeah, it is on Monday. If you go Coptic Reader, Basha, uh, Monday, the eleventh hour, and you find it uh, number three in the index, a homily of Abba Shnuda the Archimedes right. The eleventh hour of Monday, got it? Occasionally. There are some deeds which we may think they are good, while in God's eye they are bad. Like what? For example, the unqualified tolerance of sinners in holy place. So somebody sin in the holy place in the church, and we say we need to be forgiving. Let it go. Uh, we don't want to upset somebody. So we see it's good. It's a kind of compassion, but in God's eye, they are bad. The unqualified tolerance of sinners in the holy place may lead them to be indifferent to sin. For example, the Lord did not plant good trees and bad trees in the paradise, but only good trees. He did not plant fruitless trees with bad fruits in the paradise. Even man himself, when he disobeyed the commandment, he was not indifferent about man's iniquity, but expelled him from paradise. When Adam and Eve sinned in the paradise, God expelled them from the paradise. From this we can see, dear beloved, that the houses of the Lord should not be filled with bad and good people. I mean all of us who are sinners, but mean people who don't they distinguish between holy and unholy? People who regard the church like any part in the world. So they act improperly and conduct themselves improperly inside the church. They yell, they scream, whatever. As is the, the rest of the world, as is the case in the world. The, the rest of the world were the saints and sinners the unjust and the impure mingle together. It is incumbent on us to remind those who come to the house of the Lord to behave appropriately. So we should ask people, if you come to the church, you need to act properly, conduct yourself properly. It is the house of God. I know that the whole earth, somebody may argue with some... Uh, uh, the whole earth is God's. Why I differentiate church from any other place? The whole earth for God. He said, but if we make his house just like the rest of the earth, what is going to distinguish the house of the Lord from the rest? Then what is the benefit? We say in the third hour uh, of the Agbeya, when we stand in your holy sanctuary, we are considered standing where? In heaven.
If I, as a servant of God, commit the same bad deeds as the wicked, then I do not deserve to be called a servant of God. For we often sin and are unable to judge ourselves with the same standard we judge others. You see, no one can fill your place, your house, with dirt unless they notice your lack of interest in it. So if I come to your house and I feel your house is neat, clean, everything, you know, in place, I cannot, if I have a piece of paper, I will not throw it on the ground. But if I see your house unclean, then uh, uh, if I have dirt here, as St. said, I will throw it in your house. Just like the king's pages, they cannot let everyone in the king's house, whether they honor the king's decree or whether they ignore them without the king's permission. If they deviate from this rule, they receive punishment. So here, St. Shenouda is very clear about how we need to distinguish between holy places like the church, monasteries, and like other places. That's why when we come to the church, we need to come with proper attitude, conduct yourself in meekness. I cannot scream and, and yell in the church. I cannot just joke and, 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 and yell and, and, and be funny in, in the church. I cannot come to the church with improper clothes. I cannot. You know, 50 years ago, here in America, there was what's called church dress code. There was a dress code for the church, Sunday clothes. When I go to church, that's the clothes I will wear it. But many times we don't see how people differentiate between coming to the church or going even to ballroom dance. In the weddings, I see people coming to the church wearing very, very immodest and improper clothes. It is, it is a church. And we need to understand this. And we need to keep the church holy. Holiness becomes your place, O oh God. Number two time. Certain hours and certain days, God considered it more holy than the rest. I'm sure you know the Ten Commandments. One of the Ten Commandments, consider the, or keep the Sabbath or the day of the Lord holy. Keep the day of the Lord holy. Now the day of the Lord is Sunday. Sabbath means rest. So the true day of rest is Sunday. Feasts are considered holy days. Fasts are considered holy days. Uh, time of liturgy are considered holy day, holy hours. So when we keep these days holy, means our conduct should be different than the rest of the days. Keeping the day of the Lord holy means these days dedicated for prayer, 
this day is dedicated uh, to do good deeds, to ask about the sick. If somebody in prison and you can visit, go and visit him to help the poor, to talk about uh, the word of God with somebody away from the church. That's how we keep the day of the Lord holy. Whether the day of the Lord is a fasting day or a holy day, a feast day, or Sunday, the day of the Lord. But sometimes this concept is completely absent from our mind. You know, in Egypt, the, the weekend in Egypt is Friday. And now when they made it two days, it's Friday and Saturday, not Sunday. So our grand-grand-grandfathers, they insisted to attend the liturgy on Sunday because it is the day of the Lord. So they forced the Islamic government in Egypt to give them privilege that they can go on Sunday at 10 a.m. late. So all other people, they go early. But the Christian, they go late. Why? In order to worship the Lord on the day of the Lord, and then they go to their work. Because that is the rule in Egypt. It is the day of, of the Lord. It, it, the weekend is Friday, not Muslim. I, I wanted to, to show you how our great-great-grandfathers, they were actually very, very uh, conservative and respectful to the commandment of God. They insisted to take hours to go and worship the Lord on Sunday. And now many people actually, they have Sunday off. And just they are lazy. They don't go and, and worship. And here God say, I want my people to distinguish between holy and unholy. This day is the day of worship. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let us go and worship the Lord on that day. You cannot just, this day, some people, their justification, I work six days a week, and I wake every uh, day early in the morning, so this day I, I sleep late. No. Some people say, you know, Anna, I attend the liturgy on Wednesday. It is short, sweet, quick, so why should I go on, on Sunday? And on Wednesday, if the liturgy from 8 to 10, they will go at 9.35, so they attend 25. And I have peace of mind. I attend the liturgy, and I took communion. Why should I go attend three, four hours liturgy on, uh, on Sunday? Or some people, they come for the agabi hour. So they come last five minutes, and then for... Is this keeping the day of the Lord holy? Is this distinguished between holy and holy? God told, told us, you need to keep the day of the Lord holy. It's different than the rest of the days. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us go and worship 
Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let us go and offer the Eucharistia, thanksgiving to God. Keep the day of the Lord holy. What, how some people celebrate their feasts. They celebrate it in a very unholy way. They drank, they got drunk, they danced. Is this how we celebrate the, the feasts, the holy days? So, again, God wants us to distinguish between holy and unholy. This day is holy, dedicated to God. I need to conduct myself properly. The last point is people. We spoke about place, time, and people. Some people are dedicated to God. When Archangel Gabriel announced the birth of John the Baptist to Zachariah, he told him, Wine and intoxicating drink he will not drink because he is holy to God. In the Old Testament, this was allowed. But John the Baptist is different. You know, in the Old Testament, when a person consecrates himself to serve the Lord, to be a Nazarite, Nazir Rabb. Three things cannot do. Anybody can do, but they cannot do these three things. Cannot drink wine, cannot touch uh, a dead body, and cannot shave the hair of his head. And these three things has its meaning as symbols, but it's not the right, right time to discuss this. But there is a special conduct for them because they are holy, dedicated to God. And when Samson actually shaved his head, the Spirit of the Lord departed from him. I'm sure you know this story. In our time, if you are a deacon, absaltus or gnostus or subdeacon, you are different than the rest of the people. You as Christian in general, you are different than the non-Christian. So let's start believers in general. So as believers, our conduct should be different than the children of the world. That's why St. Paul said in Romans 12, do not be conformed to the children of the world. Romans 12. Then, if you are a deacon, then you are different than the rest of the believers. If you are a Sunday school servant, then you are different from the rest of the people. If you are a monk or a nun or a priest, you are different. If you are a bishop or a pope, you are different. And the more you go into the level of your consecration, the more is it God is expecting from you.
in, in September, when we send the service commitment letter, some servant did not take it well. What's wrong with this? Yes, because you are a holy man. You consecrated yourself to God. You're different. You need to distinguish between holy and lawful. Some things, maybe other believers can do it, but you as a Sunday school servant, you cannot do it. You as a deacon, you cannot do it. You as priest or bishop, you cannot do it. That's why in the pastoral letter of St. Paul, he said, instruct the bishop. So these instructions are for the bishops, because the bishop is different than the rest of the believer. So certain behavior is expected from him different than the rest of the people. And instruct the deacons. Yes, you should be different than the rest of the people. We read in Leviticus 10, God said to Aaron and to Aliadar and Ithamar, don't go out to bury your children or your brothers, because the holy anointment of the Lord is upon you. I want you to go to the live streaming of last Sunday in any Coptic church and see how the deacon conducted themselves. Talk to each other. They get bored as soon as we go outside and stay for 30 minutes and then come back. And when they ask them, where were you? Like I was in the bathroom for 30 minutes in the bathroom. <laughs> if God was upset and told them, don't go out to bury your children. Give me one good reason why you leave the church during the liturgy. Go to the bathroom before entering the church. Where is the respect? In long as Basista, they greet one another. You're like the angels cover their faces with two wings cover their feet with two wings because of the fear of the greatness of the glory of God. The reverence of God. They stand with reverence around the altar of God. And the funny thing, the deacon, several times you will worship God in fear and trembling. Stand up in the fear of God and they don't know what the fear of God is. These are not just words. How we conduct ourselves. If this is true for all the believers, more and more for the servants, more and more for the deacons, more and more for the priests. If I am busy during the liturgy, Checking my email, checking my text message, checking my Facebook, social media. 
I'm not regarding God as holy. As God said to Moses. People who approach me, by those who come to near me, I, be, must, I must be regarded as holy. Are we regarding God as holy? If actually I am standing before the altar of God during prayer, where the angel stands with fear and trembling before God, and I am busy with checking my social media or my uh, email or text message, or I'm texting others, am I regarding God as holy? Am I glorifying God? That's why he said, those who come near me, I must be regarded as holy. And before all people, I must be glorified. When you are Sunday school servant, you come late to the liturgy and take communion. What message are sending your children? It's okay. It's okay not to worship God. It's okay to come at the last minute. When, if you are a Sunday school servant or a deacon, and they see you in wedding celebrations, dancing and drinking and acting improperly, what message you are giving to, to the children? Where, by those who come near me, I must be regarded as holy, and before all the people, I must be glorified. That is serious. And we need actually to take the commandment of God very seriously. Otherwise, we are not regarding Him holy. We are not glorifying God in our life. So, I think the message of today is what God said to us. You should distinguish between holy and lawful. In the day of our baptism, all of us were anointed by the holy oil, my room. To be anointed by the holy oil means we are consecrated. We are consecrated. As I told you, I cannot take the chalice and drink tea in it because it's consecrated. How, how we consecrate the chalice? We're anointed by holy oil. So my eyes were anointed by holy oil. My mouth was anointed by the holy oil. My ear anointed by holy oil. I cannot sing the, 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 the things of, uh, songs of the world. I cannot use the best, bad language of the world. I am consecrated. I am holy. And the Bible says, and he chose for us a holy nation, royal priesthood, a holy nation, who are holy nation, who are different from the rest of the world. Your ear cannot listen to something bad or unholy. You are a holy nation. Your eye cannot see pornography or see something bad. I cannot be a believer 
more if I am a deacon or a Sunday school servant and I cannot actually see bad stuff and then I'll say I'm a deacon or I am a Sunday school servant or I am a priest or I am a, a bishop or I am a believer even uh, That's why let me conclude with some verses from First Corinthians chapter uh, 6. He said, He said, verse uh, 19, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit which who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own, for you were brought at price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Glorify God in your body and your spirit. The same message in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. From verse 14. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Your behavior should be different than the unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? We have a law, we have the commandment of God, but they don't have a law, lawlessness. And what communion has light with darkness? And what account has Christ with Belial? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? Or what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God, as God has said. I dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God, and they shall be my people who are the people of God, holy nation. Therefore, come out from among them, not literally, but in your behavior. You need to be different. You need, you need to be distinguished. Distinguished between holy and unholy. Come out from among them and be separate. As I told you, separate means what? Holy. And be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what's unclean, and I will receive you, and I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughter, says the Lord Almighty. Glory be to God forever. Amen.